You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. When was the last time someone offended you? Can you remember the last time somebody offended you? Maybe your heart dropped in disappointment. Do you remember the emotion? Maybe someone uh, uh, offended you and your insecurities came to the surface because you felt exposed. Maybe you got angry and immediately you committed to revenge. You wanted to pay back. And if you're a normal human, you felt all of those emotions at some point. I know when uh, I get offended, sometimes I feel all of those things. Because that's, that's how we react. You know, we're concluding this series today with the subject of cutting loose from offense. And this is such an important subject for us to get a hold of and understand what offense can do to us. You know, the irony about dealing with such a subject is that it can be offensive. So I usually don't have to say this, but I just wanted to make sure that you know that our heart here this morning, my heart this morning, is not to offend you with the message about offense. Okay? (laughs) That's not our heart. You usually don't have to say this in this church because we're always encouraging, and that's what we're going to do this morning. Encourage and give you hope and help you understand a little bit what a life life free of offense uh, can be, it can look like. Now, the reason why I wanted to bring up this subject is because we live in a season. It seems like this era, this, this moment in time that we live, is so charged with uh, uh, polarization and opinions and ideas that if, if, you're, if you're going to bring up a subject or a conversation with your fellow students or your coworkers or people even in your family, it's almost like you have to be very careful on how you speak. It's like the tensions are high and you walk on eggshells and you got to watch the subject you got to watch the punctuation. You have to watch how you're going to say things because at the center of that worry, at the center of that stress, there is this big word, offense. Am I going to offend somebody? Is somebody going to get offended? Am I going to be misinterpreted? Is my intention going to come across clear here? Now, some people believe that this is a bad idea for us, that, that offending others shouldn't even be something worth considering, that you should go about your life and, you know, forget about whether you're offending somebody or not. Just be yourself and forget about everybody else. Others believe that this should be at the very center of our societal structure and behavior, that offense should be the main thing. Maybe you've already thought you know, you, you find yourself thinking from time to time, my gosh, why is the world so offensive? Why is everybody so mean? Or maybe you've found yourself thinking, why is everybody so sensitive and why are people getting offended so easily? They should just get over it and let's just move on. You know, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I just find myself inside that tension with text messages and conversations and headlines and social media and all that. So if you think back on my first question and you try to recall the last time somebody offended you, 
The last time you felt those emotions, you, whether you found collective support on that offense, meaning it's something that all of us believe that's something offensive, or maybe it's, it's the group that you're a part of, that the people that are closest to you, they agree that it's offensive, or maybe it's something that only offended you, it was particular to you. It is very likely that that situation, whether it was a conversation, an action, or something that was done to you, that that was connected to one, two, or all three of these things. The first thing that was connected is your morality, right? Your sense of right and wrong. I can't write morality, I can't spell and speak, even though I am a man, that, and, and most guys can't multitask. I'm going to try to do this, okay? This is your conviction about what is right and what is wrong. It, 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 the second thing that was probably connected is your past, what you've been through, your experiences. And the third thing that was probably connected to is the intimacy that you have with the person involved the intimacy that you have with that person or that group of people now I want you to imagine these three things as dials imagine that these are dials that you adjust or that your life experience adjusts every offense that you have suffered everything that has uh, creeped in and, and, and become an offense is adjusted by these three Elements. I want you to imagine them as, as dials that can adjust your sensibility. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Let's take something that we all agree is offensive. Hopefully all of us here agree that a lie is offensive, right? A lie is pretty offensive. It's wrong, right? When someone lies to you. The degree to which a lie will affect your morality, imagine that these are dials that you can adjust, right? The degree to which... A lie affects your morality. Let's say, you know, somebody lied to you. He lied to you. He lied to you. And according to your morality, lying is wrong. But you might be able or you might be inclined to make concessions. Because even though lying is wrong, you might be able to contextualize. Maybe you contextualize that lie and you think to yourself, well, if, what if he lied to protect me? Right? He lied to protect you from bad news, to make you feel good. So even though it is morally wrong to you, you might say, well, yeah, that was bad. But it wasn't as bad as something else. Right? That, that, that was, it, was, it was a pretty bad thing, but at least there was a good intention behind it. So morally, I'm kind of offended. But what if your past connects to this in a different way? What if he lied to protect you just the way your dad used to lie to protect you because your dad used to say that you are weak emotionally and you can't handle the truth? Then this dial will go way up because your past reads that situation. You're, you're more sensitive to it and your past reads that situation differently. And then there's a third element. Who is he that lied to you? Well, he is my supervisor at work. This guy doesn't even know me. He doesn't know what I do with my life. He doesn't really have a voice in my life. So this is, even though it's, it, it offends me, you know, it, and, and it, 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 he was trying to protect me. The intention was good. This is not somebody who 
has a lot of voice in me. So it's, it's a kind of offensive, right? Another scenario. Let's say, you know, it's someone close to you. She lied to you to deceive you. She lied to you. She went shopping and she said she didn't. She, 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 she messed with the money that was under the mattress. And you went to count and you don't know when it go, went out. You haven't checked it in three months and the money, some of it is gone. And she said, I didn't touch it. She lied to you to deceive you, and that is wrong. She lied to you to deceive you, just like your ex lied to you to deceive you, and your relationship ended because of it. She lied to you to deceive you, and she is your spouse or your fiance or your girlfriend. That is very offensive, right? So these three elements in our lives kind of guide our sensibilities. And we contextualize our offenses typically based on these three elements in our lives. Now I want, with this context, understanding how we get offended, that, that you know, it's, it, it depends on our past and our sense of right and wrong and, and the person or the people involved we need to understand that there are some misconceptions about offense that, that we need to address. And that's really the main three points that I want to uh, share with you today. I have three misconceptions I want to share with you today about offense. And hopefully as we share these, you will be able to get rid of them and get loose. First misconception, cut loose from offense, I should say. First misconception is that every offense is unilateral, meaning... The other party, if you're the one offended, the other party is to blame and they are 100% responsible or it's on them 100%. Well, if you're, I'm going to probably make up a word here. I've seen it written, but I haven't, I haven't found it in the dictionary. Your offensibility, I don't know if that's a word, but it rhymes with what I'm about to say. Your offensibility is relative to your sensibility. And because your offensibility or your ability to be offended is relative to your sensibilities, it means that sometimes people might offend you and they don't even know. Because to them, they didn't do anything wrong. They don't know your past and they think they can speak into your life. Right? So that might happen sometimes. The other thing too that, that we come to realize is that you were not powerless to it. You can do something about it. You don't have to harbor that offense. You don't have to carry it on. You don't have to keep it in your hearts. You can't let go. You know, some of you have been holding on to offenses because the pain is too real. It really cut deep. It really affected you. And every time you think about it, it stings. It happened 10 years ago. It happened 15 years ago. It happened last year. And still stings. And you think that you will only be able to get past it when, once you get an apology. Once that person realizes what they've done. Once that group of people realize what they have done. And they come to you and they say, sorry, that's the only way you will find healing. There's another way. Holding on to offense does something to you. And maybe holding on to that offense has done something to you. 
Scripture put it, puts it this way in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 19. A brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city. And quarreling is like the bars of a castle. What this teaches us is that when we hold on to offenses, and maybe this is happening to you, when you hold on to that offense, because you're holding on to past offenses, you become more sensitive to future offenses. The more you hold on to past offenses, the more sensitive you will become to future offenses. You know, and some of you, because of those unresolved offenses, you have become that unyielding city. You have become unyielding like a castle, like the bars of a castle, like the Proverbs said. And you've built walls around yourself because you don't want that part of your life to be touched. You don't want anybody to get into that part of your life. And you have built walls to protect yourself. You have built walls with the intention of not letting anybody else in. You have built those walls to deal with that offense yourself and not allow anyone in. But this is what has happened. And this is the side effect of those walls. You have become the only one who feels the pain and who is involved in that part of your life. Nobody else can come in and speak to it. Nobody else can walk into your life and help you out because you were locked in. And let me tell you, it's really hard to experience God's love and forgiveness when you are behind those bars. It's really hard for you to experience God's life in you and, and have a relationship with your Heavenly Father when you are behind those bars. I believe today is your day of freedom. I believe today is the day where you can tear down those walls, invite God, God in. Because Jesus wants to walk into your life. Jesus wants to walk into your heart and clean your heart and break those walls and allow you to not hold on to offenses anymore and live free. He really wants to. He doesn't want you to live like that unyielding, uh, unyielding or that strong city. And there is something you can do about it. There's something you can do. To remove the sting of offense. And today, today is your day. The second misconception that I want to address today about offense is that every offense is bad for you. We believe that every offense is bad for us. And I know it might be controversial for me to say or even allude to the idea that an offense can be good to you. But I will explain. Chapter 9 of Romans verse 33 Scripture says, that it is, as it is written, and he's quoting a prophecy from Isaiah, I believe. Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. And whoever believes in him will, be, will not be put, put to shame. See, when Jesus came to this earth, when he started his ministry, he was the fulfillment of the prophecies. He was the one that was to come. He was the Messiah. He was the one that they were waiting for, but they could not see it. The establishment, the religious leaders, they couldn't see it. Why? Because Jesus, his method, his message offended them. And they held on to that offense and they couldn't see anything beyond that. They couldn't see the freedom that he came to bring. They couldn't see what he was there to do. Peter says in the book of Acts that the stone that the builders rejected, the builders meaning the religious leaders of the time, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. 
Even though they rejected it, he has become the cornerstone. See, Jesus' ministry offended the establishment. Not because Jesus was offensive, but because it offended their morality. You know, he challenged them. He said, listen, your righteousness is self-righteousness. And he told, he told the people, he told his disciples, your righteousness should surpass that of the Pharisees because they speak with their lips, but they do not do. What they say, they don't do. You know, he questioned their past, their loyalty to their past. He said, you guys tithe of your spices, but love and mercy you don't practice. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. You're not honoring your parents. And he also replaced their position. And he said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. This is what we learn from that. That sometimes we hold on to our ways. Sometimes we hold on tight to our ways. Our ways of dealing with others. Our ways of handling offense. Our ways of repaying evil with evil and God will ask us or even sometimes direct us to change our ways that in that process we might get offended we might be offensive to us what do you mean I have to let go God what do you mean I need to cut loose from this what do you mean I have to stop doing that I don't see the way you see what do you mean I have to do that? See, something that offends you can actually serve a purpose if you open yourself to it. Something that offends you can serve a positive purpose. Because a wrong mindset sometimes needs to be offended in order to be corrected. A wrong mindset sometimes needs a pushback. So do not be so quick to dismiss an offense. In fact, I'll push it a little further here. You know, when was the last time that you allow God room to offend you? When was the last time that you allow God room to offend some of your systems and ideas and opinions to come in your life and say, you know, you're wrong about that. You shouldn't be doing things that way. You should do things a little bit better. When was the last time that you came up to God and said, God, you're, I'm wrong. I'm sorry, you're right. You're right and I'm wrong. Change me, move me. You know, instead of saying, look at what they did, God, pay them back. You can say, God, look at my heart. Help me overcome this. See, God is more interested in your healing than paying them back. And, and if you are holding on to offense, when you hold on to it, there's, a, there's a, a disagreement that happens. There's a collision because your path to healing will most likely go against your desire for justice. The path that, you desire, that, that you're supposed to travel for healing will go against your desire to have justice being served. In your mind, you're thinking, God, take them down, punish them, you know, do this, do that, look at what they're doing. And you think... You know, that until you see that, you can't be free from that offense. And you know, you know what? Your prayer is legitimate. The emotion is legitimate. The pain is legitimate. And your reasoning even is not that wrong. Your logic is not faulty. But inflicting pain on somebody else or having them have their fair justice serve them, it will not heal you. 
somebody else's, you know, uh, when somebody else's reaps of what they've been sowing, what they've sown, it's not going to heal you. God's path for your healing might be different. So what scripture says in Romans 12 verses 18 through 21. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome evil with, by evil, but overcome evil with good. We have been basing this series on a principle, an idea, and I shared this here a couple weeks ago, and Alini shared that last week, that your freedom serves you best when it serves your calling, not your cravings. It is best to use your freedom for your calling and not your cravings, and your free will, your ability to, to do as you please is best used when you're pursuing your calling. And if God is calling you to heal, and if God is calling you to live a, a whole life a free life you know that is going to clash with your desire for justice that's why this scripture is so key because it's telling you you know you might be craving revenge right now you might be craving payback the pain might be real but don't avenge yourselves leave it to God release it to God give it to him he can do it better than you can just allow yourself to heal allow yourself to let go and heal and he will begin to adjust your dials. He will begin to touch in areas of your life that you, you might have held it so tight that he hasn't been able to speak into until now. But once you allow him to come in, he can adjust some of those areas of your life that are affecting you. The third misconception is this, that every offense demands an equivalent response. That's a misconception. They did it to me. I'm going to do it to them because they need to feel the same kind of pain. That's a misconception. You know, our flesh wants payback. Our flesh wants to straighten everybody out. Give them a piece of my mind. Going to know what's coming. Oh, yeah. That's what your flesh wants. You know, it's naive to think that you, you will be able to, to, to manufacture a kind of life where you're never going to be offended again. I have two guarantees for you here today. You will be offended again. Somebody's going to offend you. And the second one is this. You will offend somebody. You will offend somebody. Not because you want to. It's just going to happen. A world where nobody offends each other is a world where everybody is just the same and alike. And they like the very same things. And nobody's real with anybody and we're all giving each other fake smiles. But there's a strategy. Jesus has given us a better way to address offense. Other than trying to fight against it and eradicate it from the world. Not that we shouldn't. But there's a better way to deal with it in our hearts. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 18 verses 15 through 18. And this is what the scripture says. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. Between you and him alone, if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take two or others 
take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Let me tell you how most of us read this passage, especially if you're a Christian and you've been in church for a while. This is how most of us read this passage. All right? You can put it up on the screen, the next slide. If your brother sins against you, yada, 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 blah, 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 this and that, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. We usually just skip to that one, don't we? We just go, you know what, I'm not going to deal with it. Gentile is somebody you don't have connection with. It's just a stranger. A tax collector is a traitor. Someone who basically turned his back on you. And, and that's, how, that's how we deal with it, isn't it? Just don't want to deal with it. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want. No. But in the process, you hold on to that offense. In the process, you're like, you know what? Here's the reason why I'm not going to deal with that. Because that offended me. That hurt me. And I don't, want to, I don't want to go through the trouble of fixing it. You know why? Because restoration is not easy. It takes guts. It takes courage. It takes bravery for you to restore a relationship. Restoration is not easy. Confronting our humanity is not easy. Exposing your sensibilities and telling somebody, you know what? That hurt me because I've had experiences in the past that were not good that hurt me because you had a space in my life and in my heart you could speak to my heart in a way that nobody could and that hurt me and I'd like to get past that I want to offer you forgiveness but I need you to know I need you to know that that hurt me most of the time if you do that this is what you're going to hear I'm so sorry I did not know I don't know why I did that but if you don't scripture gives you a, a second step as to say, you know what, don't give up just yet. Bring somebody else that maybe can communicate your emotions. Bring somebody else that you trust. Bring somebody else that can walk into that, that conversation and say, hey, you know, we want reconciliation here. And if that doesn't happen, bring it to the church. The, the word church there means ecclesia, a gathering. Bring it to a, 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 a group of people, the, the, the group of people right there that's part of your life. And let them know, listen, I... I I really want this to work out. And if it's still it doesn't fix the situation, you've done your part. Then you move on knowing that you have done everything in your power to restore that relationship. You know, if things don't get resolved, you've done your part. Now, this is what it doesn't mean that in the process you create a whole situation of gossip and you just let everybody know of everything that's going on and in the process you you let your offense just be shared with everybody and all the dirty secrets come out and everybody knows about everything that's not what it means the pro the, the, the goal here is healing the goal of this process is to heal the disease not spread the virus and there's a very fine line between healing the disease and spreading the virus. So I'm going to give you some scriptures that will give you context to what kind of heart you should approach the repair and, and, and the healing of an offense. If it's still fresh and you can still address it, you know, you got to do it with this heart right here. 
Proverbs 17, 9. Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. The goal should be to cover and to seek love. Psalms 32, 1 says, Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sin is covered. 1 Peter 4, 8. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. See, Jesus teaching his, his, what he was teaching his disciples by telling people, you know, you, you, you bring somebody else into the conversation. It was for a process of healing so that that relationship can heal. It's not so you can spill the offense to somebody else and tell them how righteous you are and that you want to fix it, but they are so bad. No, 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 no. Is that the relationship can heal and you can let go of the offense. Well, and we can just continue to read to see God's heart and Jesus' heart through it. Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 and 22. Peter came up and said to him, you know, Peter. He's, he's placing the bar way up there. He's like, I'm going to set a standard so high here. It's going to be so good. Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Should I forgive somebody seven times? Is that enough? Jesus said to him, I do not say seven times, but 70 times seven. In other words, when somebody offends you, don't respond in kind. Forgive all the time. Forgive all the time. Be good at forgiving all the time. Don't, don't, don't hold on to an offense. Forgive all the time. Just forgive all the time. Jesus, what if people keep getting on my nerves? What if they keep Offending me and getting on my nerves. Forgive, 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 forgive. It doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem just. It's not just for them. It's for you. It's so that you don't harbor that offense. And build those walls around you. And live your life isolated and sensitive. And in a way that you cannot move on. And become the person that God has called you to be. We are called to live free of offense. You know, and some of you have been living so uptight and you don't even know why. You don't even know why, you know, you don't, you don't want to live that way. But you've been feeling isolated and you've been feeling like nobody can really see you. And maybe sometimes even the people closest to you who want to be intimate and get to know you, they, they, they want good for you and you can't open up and you don't know why. Could it be that you have built walls? Could it be that there are some... Bars that you have established because your heart is sensitive and it still hurts and still stings. Listen, the pain is real. And I'm not denying it. What I'm offering you today is a way out. A way of freedom. A way of healing. Where God can walk into your life and reset your morality. Where you can stand by what is right according to Him. Where you can offer Him your past. And he can heal you from past experiences and past offenses in a way that you can face a new relationship with an open heart and a clean start. Where you don't make your next friends or your next relationship pay for the sins of the previous one. And so that you can be and live a life, can be someone free of pain and hurt. Where you can have intimacy and connection. And connect to others and connect to God and allow God to come into your heart and change you and move you. You are meant to live 
a free life. See, you are not powerless to an offense. There's something you can do. And today, you know, the band is going to come up and we're going to sing one more song. But some of you here, you've been in this walk. And today is the day of your freedom. Today is the day where you will see a new light. Do you receive it this morning?